Today, I, I hope to conclude, we'll see, uh, our look at the armor uh, God has provided the church uh, to engage in spiritual warfare, which is part of a larger sermon series entitled Keys to Spiritual Growth. So I'd like to begin with a very uh, brief review of what we have covered the last uh, two messages. So uh, I hope you uh, picked up a copy of the sermon notes, and so look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6, uh, verses 11 through 13. Put on the full armor of God, that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. The church is Christ's army. Each believer is Christ's soldier, and we have a mission to complete. The mission is to liberate sinners who are, have been uh, captured uh, by Satan and are doomed to eternal separation from God. Now, we accomplish our mission uh, by visually demonstrating the gospel through our lives as we live out the truths of God, but also by verbally proclaiming the gospel with our lips. And, of course, the gospel being the good news that Jesus Christ can be yours right now and forever uh, through His sin-forgiving death on the cross and His life-giving resurrection from the grave. Now, as we seek to accomplish our mission, to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us we are to expect to be met with fierce opposition uh, from the devil. Uh, but God, thank Him, has provided all the spiritual equipment, all the armor that we need for victory. And this is why we are admonished two different times in Ephesians 6, to put on what? The full armor of God. Don't miss a piece that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Take up the, again, full armor of God. Four observations that we noticed. First, life is what? War. Life is war. Planet Earth is not a playground, according to the Scriptures. It is a battleground between the forces of God and the forces of the devil. The second observation, uh, the war is against supernatural evil powers. The worst person in your life is not your real problem. That person is only the instrument the devil is using to get to you, to distract you from God, to discourage and defeat you. Therefore, do not get sidetracked fighting people, because in reality... They are the very captives we are trying to rescue from the tyranny of the devil. The third observation, there is the danger of defeat. I think of Paul's warning to young Timothy. He says, hear my instructions, and may they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people 
have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. But the fourth observation, God has made the provision for victory. And that victory is only found in utilizing the full spiritual armor that God has provided for you. We've already looked at the first four pieces of that armor. The belt of truth was the first one, Ephesians six fourteen. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. We saw the application is being prepared and ready to follow Christ into battle, regardless of the sacrifice and cost. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. And it's obvious why the belt of truth is mentioned first. Being a good soldier of Christ requires total commitment to follow his marching orders into battle The marching orders found in the Word of God. The second piece of armor, the the breastplate of righteousness. Again, verse 14, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we saw that that breastplate guarded a soldier's heart and the uh, vital organs in the midsection of his body, which the Jews equated the heart with what the thinking processes and the uh, midsection with emotions and feelings. So the application is maintaining clear thinking and stable emotions in the heat of the battle by practicing righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Romans 13 verses 12 through 14, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of what? Right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let your, yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Power to win the battle is dependent upon purity of heart and life. The third piece of armor, the gospel boots. Uh, Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And the application here is being prepared to move with the gospel, to advance the gospel, to share the gospel with the lost, and taking the offensive against the devil. Isaiah 52, verse 7, how lovely On the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. God did not create the church to retreat and find cover behind the four walls of a building. God created the church to take the offensive by assaulting the very gates of hell. And this is why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The fourth piece of armor, the shield of faith. Verse 16, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. And here the application, I extinguish the fiery temptations of the devil by trusting God. Trusting God, trusting His Word, 
and my comrades in arms. Psalm 18, verse 30, as for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proved. He is a shield to all those who take refuge in Him. And then 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So up to this point, all review. Now we move forward to complete uh, the armor as we come to the helmet of salvation in verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of a Roman soldier was designed primarily to protect his head against what was known as the broad sword. Uh, The broad sword was a very, very large double-edged sword that measured three to four feet long and had a huge handle. Uh, it It was literally held like a baseball bat, and it was designed for a soldier on horseback to deal a splitting blow uh, to the skull of his enemy. And the fact that the Christian's helmet is related to salvation, I believe clearly indicates that the blows of Satan's broadsword are directed at the believer's assurance of salvation and our ultimate victory in Christ. It is so important for us to see and understand that there are three aspects of salvation. As we come to the Lord's Supper this morning, we celebrate all three aspects of our salvation. Uh, There is the past aspect of our salvation, the present, and the future. In the past, there is what we call the theological term, and it's found in the Bible, is justification. Uh, This is when I was declared not guilty, freed from the penalty of sin, As Jesus, through his death on the cross, canceled out my sin debt. And in his resurrection, his righteousness being imputed or imparted to my account. In the present, there is what we call sanctification. As God is the power at work in me. Enabling me now to overcome the power of sin. To live a righteous, holy life. And also to transform all my problems, all my adversities into opportunities for spiritual growth. And then in the future, there's what we call glorification. This is when the devil will be finally completely defeated by Christ, and I will be delivered from the very presence of sin to reign and rule with Jesus as part of his eternal bride. Therefore, salvation has happened in the past, is happening in the present, and will happen in the future. If it is past, it is what? Done. It's completed. If it is present, you can't lose it because it's continually going on. And if it's guaranteed in the future, you are absolutely secure. So what does the devil try to do with his broadsword? Well, when you trip into sin... When you fall into sin on the battlefield, the devil, I guarantee, is going to take his broadsword and he's going to ring your bell in order to create doubts about your salvation, to create doubts about God's love for you as a sinner, 
or when things are not going well on the battlefield. Circumstances are at their worst. All seems lost on the outside, and on the inside there's nothing but fear. Here comes the devil's broadsword to finish you off with discouragement. Now listen, beloved, the ultimate goal of the devil's broadsword is to kill hope in God's salvation. To kill your confidence that your sins have been forgiven. To kill your confidence that, yes, all things are working together for my spiritual good and God's greater glory. Although right now I may not can see, I may not can see any rhyme or reason. I might be in pain, totally perplexed. But he wants to kill that confidence that God is presently at work. And, of course, he wants to kill your confidence in that what? The ultimate victory is Christ. And that you will be a victor with Christ. So to protect us from the devil's broadsword, he's provided us what? The helmet of salvation. And so here's the application. Look there in your notes. Unshakable confidence that the battle will one day be over and Christ's forces will be victorious, which overcomes all discouragement and doubt and is the ultimate remedy for all battle fatigue. Unshakable confidence that the battle will one day be over and Christ's forces will be victorious, which overcomes all discouragement and doubt and is the ultimate remedy for all battle fatigue. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, look at that. Having put on as a helmet the hope of salvation, for God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the believer's helmet here is called the hope of salvation. To put it in the simplest terms, the helmet of salvation is the absolute hope, confidence, and assurance that one day the battle will be over. And Christ is going to be victorious over all the powers of evil. And also never forget that Jesus, your commander, is with you on the battlefield. And that's why when you fall victim to doubt and discouragement, you suddenly begin to feel some strong arms uh, getting around you, putting you back up on your feet. You look through that visor of your helmet, and you, you see it's, it's Jesus, the captain of my salvation, who's come to my rescue. And he will what? He'll reassure you of his love, that his love will never fail you. He'll put your, that shield of faith back in one hand. He'll put your sword back in the other hand. And he'll say, now get back into the battle and fight for my glory. And written on the helmet of salvation is we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? Because I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we praise Him for that helmet of salvation that gives us the confidence and the assurance of past, present, and a future salvation. And then look at the sixth and final piece of armor. 
in verse 17, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this is interesting. We, we just talked about the broad sword, the, the large three- to four-foot sword. Uh, this is not the sword that's being referred to here. It's a totally different word in the Greek text. It's makariwa in the Greek, and uh, it refers to the Roman short sword, which was used in hand-to-hand combat. It was uh, only about 18 inches long. It was uh, very light. It was razor sharp and, of course, very effective in in battle in uh, close quarters. Uh, I love Hebrews 4.12. It reads, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than what? Any two-edged sword. I I love how this portion of Scripture reads from the uh, Phillips translation. It says, For the the Word that God speaks is alive and active. It cuts keenly more keenly than any two-edged sword. It strikes through to the place where soul and spirit meet, to the innermost intimacies of man's being. It examines the very thoughts and motives of man's heart. Uh, Dr. Guthrie, a great Bible teacher, said, The Bible is an armory of heavenly weapons, a laboratory of invaluable or infallible medicines, a mine of exhaustless wealth, It is a guidebook for every road, a chart for every sea, a medicine for every malady, a bomb for every wound. Rob us of our Bible and our sky has lost its sun. Uh, John MacArthur said, this is a powerful weapon. It can bring truth into error, happiness into sadness, and light into darkness. It changes sorrow into joy, stagnation into growth, and the immature into the mature. This is what we hold in our hands, the sword of the Spirit. Now, I have very little time as we want to move into the Lord's Supper, but this raises an important question. If the Word of God is so powerful... Why do so few experience its power? Not only in defending ourselves against the devil, but maybe more important, taking the offensive and advancing the gospel of Christ. Well, I think the thing that you need to see is the word used for the word of God. That phrase in Ephesians, the word of God, is rhema. That's the, that's the Greek word, rhema, which does not, listen, very, very important. That does not refer to the Bible as a whole, the whole of the Bible. But it refers to specific statements or utterances of the Bible. In other words, rhema refers to taking the very specific truths from the Bible and speaking them, applying them to specific situations and circumstances and challenges and ministry opportunities. So look at the application in your sermon notes. Just like a sword's power is not realized until you pick it up and use it in battle, the Bible's power is not realized until you pick it up and use it, apply it, obey it, and share it with the lost. As long as the Bible remains on your bookshelf, or even in your mind, as truth learned in a Bible study, it's a great book. It's a divine book. But put it in your heart and speak it with your mouth, and you have a powerful sword to do battle with the enemy. A sword to defeat Satan, as Jesus did in the wilderness temptations, when three times he said what? It is written. 
and spoke the appropriate word in that situation, used it as a sword to defeat him. A sword to save sinners, as when Peter spoke the word of God on the day of Pentecost. And we read, now when they heard it, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, Brethren, what shall we do? And what was the result? 3,000 saved. God has given us the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Yes, to defend ourselves against the devil's temptations, but also to take the offensive in evangelism to liberate his captives. The sword of the Spirit has the power to cut through people's defenses, prick their conscience, and stab them to spiritually awake. So we need to put on that full armor of God. There's one last thing remaining, and that's prayer, and I'll save that for next week because I don't want to rush through this very quickly. We need to see that God, we're to take that armor and we're to connect it with prayer. But as we do make the transition into the Lord's Supper, it's so easy to do so in light of what we just shared about. As we celebrate the Lord's Supper today, we celebrate the salvation that has been provided for us in Jesus Christ. And again, that, sal- that salvation has a past, present, and future aspect. Jesus said, when you come to this table, you're to what? He says, remember me. Remember what I did for you through my death, burial, and resurrection. When I did forgive you of your sin and deposited to your account my righteousness to give you right standing before God, not on the basis of your performance, but on the basis of my mercy. A relationship that can never be altered or changed. You have the assurance that my love as a result of that will never let you go, never let you down, and will always be there for you. But there's also a present aspect of our salvation. Jesus is here. He's the host. One of the fuller meanings of the Lord's Supper is that we participate in his life and his death through our union with Christ. And that he is here to empower us today to turn away from sin, to live a righteous life. He's here today, yes, to transform every problem we're encountering, every adversity, every trial, into a stepping stone for our spiritual benefit, to take us closer, deeper in our dependence upon Christ, our desperation for Christ, to know the nearness of God is my good. And yes, there's that future aspect. When we look forward to that day when our Lord will return and win the final victory and we have that assurance that the outcome is certain and that we're on the winning side. So we have much, much, much to rejoice. So let me ask our uh, elders and deacons if they would take their places and then I will pray and then we will begin serving Um, you'll notice we have men stationed at each section of pews and if you would just exit to your right and come take of the uh, bread and the juice and partake of it right here as you do and then you go back the other side uh, to your to your seat we also if you're uh, physically uh, have difficulty uh, coming down the aisle We have men that can bring the elements to you. So if you would just simply raise your hand, uh, once we get to that point, uh, the men will be glad to come to you and uh, serve you. Uh, But bow with me in prayer.
Father, what a wonderful joy uh, to come now uh, to the Lord's Supper, uh, to literally rejoice and celebrate in that helmet of salvation that you've provided for us, and how we praise you uh, that uh, our sin debt has been canceled. Um, Thank you that you, Jesus, the one who knew no sin, Uh, became sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God uh, in you. And thank you that uh, that has nothing to do with our performance, but it has everything to do with your grace and your mercy and your love. And we do praise you this morning that you love us with a love that will never fail us, but we thank you a love that will never let us off. You are committed to uh, maturing us and equipping us and training us to be effective soldiers for Christ, uh, to advance the gospel, to make a difference in the world in which we live, uh, to put Christ on display. So we thank you uh, that you are at work in our lives to accomplish that very thing, that you are present with us to empower us Uh, to be the soldier that you've called us to be, to empower us to advance the gospel, to see Satan's captives liberated uh, through uh, the proclamation of the gospel as we share with the lost. And then how we praise you that uh, we know you're returning, and we know when you return, uh, that sword that we talked about will be there in your mouth uh, to slay the enemy and to win the final victory that we will be a part of, that we will participate in, and where we will rejoice as we take our place at your side uh, to be your eternal bride, your eternal queen, uh, to reign and rule with you uh, throughout all eternity. So, Lord, we, we uh, we come and rejoice. We celebrate. Lord, search our hearts. Lord, see if there be any evil or hurtful way in us. Point out anything in our lives that would have displeased you, dishonored, that would have grieved you. That as we come to participate, we might confess that, forsake that, and return to follow after Christ as our first love. That we would bring you honor uh, through that repentance. That we bring you honor through the surrender of our lives, through the obedience of our lives. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.